Welcome to the Guardian Podcast with Ren Melberg. My name is Harold Nickel. Corporate governance. That's a topic we cover on the program regularly, and especially when issues involving governance are in the news. Members of the governing board of the most popular sport in the world are under incredible scrutiny, 14 of whom are already facing criminal indictments, and one who was fired for making a a joke on Swiss on a Swiss radio program. Ren, the FIFA president, secretary general, and communications director are all traveling in a car. So tell me, who's driving? Well, in the joke, it's the police, which it's... I think is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was pretty a funny joke too. Um, I thought it was so funny. I still think that's funny. Yeah. I... I, I'm with you, um, but unfortunately, it got the guy who told it fired, who happened to be the the public relations chief for FIFA. His name is Sepp Blatter, um, but I guess Turin, uh, you know, lapses, and that's being generous. Like these are are just really they're no laughing matter. Well, the issue with it being Sepp making that joke is that he has an incredibly long history of racist, sexist, homophobic, you can pretty much put any sort of ism or ist, and he's made some grossly inappropriate comment or statement or joke. And I think what happened with this is um, it showed also his very well-known arrogance Mm -hmm. and belief that he um, is above all scrutiny. And it's something that's irritated fans like me of the World Cup for a very, very long time. Yeah. um, And for anybody who does public relations work, um, one of the kind of first week on the job rules is never make jokes because somebody can get the wrong idea and it and it cost the FIFA public relations chief his job and with that in mind there are some facts about the FIFA case that I thought we could go over because so many Americans just don't follow soccer now if you're one of our many listeners in Brazil or in Europe thank you for being so <laughs> patient with us here in the USA um, as we catch up with the news about FIFA. Here's a, a quick recap. Federal prosecutors here in the U.S. allege that not one but two generations of soccer executives used partnerships with sports marketing companies to solicit $150 million in bribes and kickbacks in exchange for, among other things, their support for the sites of the FIFA World Cup events from the qualifiers all the way to the 2010 World Cup. A 47-count federal indictment was unsealed in Brooklyn, New York, charging 14 defendants, nine FIFA officials, and five corporate executives with racketeering, wire fraud, money laundering, and bribery among other offenses, in connection with a near-quarter-century scheme to enrich themselves through their management of the sport. Seven FIFA officials 
were arrested in Switzerland, and they faced the possibility of extradition to the U.S. The indictment alleges corruption that is rampant, systemic, and deep-rooted both abroad and here in the United States. And that was a comment that the United States Attorney General Loretta Lynch made in a release ahead of a news conference in New York. And we need to remind everybody listening that at least here in the U.S., all suspects are considered innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. But that notwithstanding, Ren, there's an awful lot of smoke here for there to not be a fire. Oh, correct. And, and um, the, the thing that's interesting about these FIFA allegations against FIFA is that um, they are not new. Mm. It's been a kind of an open secret that this behavior has been going on um, for decades. What is interesting and has, I think, the entire world watching is this was believed to be an organization that was above accountability. Mm. And here is a government body stepping in and saying, no, no, you're not. And this is untested ground. That's something in the United States that uh, isn't being discussed a lot, but overseas it is. Uh, there haven't been this level of um, a prosecution before right. of an organization like this. But FIFA has always been in a unique position because it doesn't have a governing... It is the governing body. Mm-hmm. It is the only governing body. Um, where we look at other organizations um, like European soccer mm. has a governing authority outside of the uh, soccer authority. Uh, so when we look at the Euro matches, for example, mm-hmm. the Olympics have a governing body outside of the people making uh, day-to-day operational decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is a rotating board. Uh, so th- there are other sports organizations and other entertainment organizations that d- did and do have a board or a governance body. FIFA hasn't. Mm-hmm. Not really. Yeah, and it, and it sounds like there was more than a few bad apples at FIFA. It was, or it sounds to me like, a culture of corruption that was there for years, if not decades. Is this mm-hmm. the biggest failure of governance ever? I think no. <laughs> you know, the uh, uh, financial crisis in, in mortgages still beats everybody. Okay. Because uh, that, that was end-to-end uh, systemic fraud and governance failure. And I think some of the big companies that have failed because of their governance failures, like Enron, Tyco, Arthur Anderson, mm-hmm. all had global impacts, still beat FIFA. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we could say is this could be the worst failure of governance in sports and mm-hmm. in entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, what is going to be interesting, I think, for a lot of world uh, soccer or world football fans is... We've also known for a long time uh, about players being bribed and 
throwing games. Mm-hmm. So that it, it, it kind of, for us as fans, uh, makes us wonder if this is going to go any further. Um, we've known for a very long time that soccer at multiple levels has had serious issues with governance and corruption. Yeah, and like you say, those kinds of allegations at FIFA, they're, they're nothing new. But how does this level, how does something like this at a very visible organization like, like FIFA go on for so long without somebody going to jail? Again, let's, let's compare them to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Olympics have a, a global rotating board that has very strong roles and responsibilities around governance and overseeing the total operations of the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And while there have been um, lapses, for the most part, that organization has been very effective in their governance. And when I say lapses, you know, there's been allegations of um, countries bribing officials to get Olympic venues in their country. That's pretty much all we've heard. We mm-hmm. we haven't heard, um, there hasn't been very much when you consider the, the breadth of the sports and the athletes involved. There hasn't been a lot of athlete level uh, corruption. And, um, you know, so we look at that and what we really see is they have such a strong dynamic board. And again, it's a rotating board, uh, which doesn't allow for systemic corruption. FIFA has had, well, Seth Blatter has been at the head of FIFA, the president of FIFA, since its inception. Mm -hmm. He created FIFA. And so... There hasn't been any oversight at all, and he really does treat it as his personal private domain mm-hmm. up until very recently um, when he was forced to step down. The other thing is that many of the countries who were in a position to do anything about FIFA's behavior mm-hmm. had to be concerned about potential repercussions to their teams. So the countries most uh, are really best positioned over the years to go after FIFA or Brazil, mm-hmm. not in any particular order, by the way, but Brazil, Germany, France, and England. All of them have won World Cups. All of them will <laughs> win World Cups again. I think I can say that very confidently. Mm-hmm. And none of them were in a position where they would want to risk rocking the boat. Wow. It, I think you... You just answered uh, a lot of questions, and maybe even this one, because my thought was, it, it would seem like somebody would have said would have said something before law enforcement got involved. These guys at FIFA sound more like organized crime than uh, than a sports body. Let's think about people who are working. Other places, what should somebody working in a place where the rules of of law are not really taken seriously, what do they do or what do they not do? So you're thinking of an an honest person working in FIFA? Well, an honest person working in an organization who um, 
notices similar that, to what's been alleged at FIFA. <laughs> right. Yes. Thank you. Most of the time, all we we you either um, you either join them or you leave. Okay. And we've seen that across the board. And I say that because the the level of corruption that we're talking about at FIFA very similar to Enron. Mm-hmm. Because Enron, we saw in Arthur Anderson, we saw the same things. It went all the way up to the highest levels of authority within the organization. Right. As an individual, you literally can't beat that. We've discussed that on here before. Um, uh, when talking about the, the CEO who was using the company airplane for his own entertainment and travel and right, things yeah. like that, right? Yep. When it goes it was clear that that had gone to the board. People tried to get the board's attention. The board didn't pay attention, didn't take action. In those kind of situations, we have to make a personal choice. Hmm. Is this the kind of behavior I want to engage in, or am I going to do everything in my power to find a different job somewhere else? Yeah, I I think um, what you say is really very sensible, that there's times when you just have to vote with your feet and um, mm-hmm. and move on. And you're right. The individual is not going to be able to overcome an organization like that. It's the kind of a failing of governance that you've told us about before where the audit committees at publicly traded companies like Enron, um, they lead to public scandals. Mm-hmm. And in the case of Enron, there were some people who ended up in in jail, but this seems, and it's just my opinion, but it seems like it's just a failure of of conscience. How does mm-hmm. how does this kind of hubris just go unpunished? Well, we have a very very old saying in the United States, right? Um, power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yes. And the um, people in charge of FIFA had absolute power Mm. for a very long time. And everybody knew it. I mean, there is a long list of things that they've made countries do. Brazil. Um, Brazil actually made it illegal to to serve alcohol at uh, soccer or football matches Mm -hmm. um, because of the violence that was happening in the stands. And as soon as they did that, the violence plummeted and the death rates, because they actually had people killed at soccer matches. Goodness. And FIFA made them change the law of the entire country of Brazil for the World Cup and just to make Budweiser happy. Wow. That's how bad this has been over the years. I mean, the... To, to force countries to change their laws mm. and to make changes in the laws that were done for the protection of the individual people in those countries. Um, so they've operated in this world for a long time where they've had absolute power. And like that saying goes, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Boy, it sure sounds like there was never a better example than this one. So let's imagine, Ren, that you're parachuted into FIFA headquarters and you are asked to restructure their entire governance framework. What are you going to do first? 
they definitely actually need a governance framework, right? <laughs> they need a real governance body with authority, and I would actually pattern it after the Olympics. Hmm. Um, create a separation between the operations, so who actually determines where the um, events or the World Cup's going to be held and all the logistics that go with that. Separate mm-hmm. them from sales and marketing, which the Olympics has a very clear um, firewall, if you will, between yeah. the two. And then you have another firewall between those two entities, so the revenue and the, the operations, another firewall separating them from the athletes and the teams. Um, and create a rotating governing body that is representing represented, excuse me, by all the participating countries in FIFA. Mm-hmm. So we have people uh, rotating in and out that are from the United States and Brazil and Portugal and Trinidad and you know all mm-hmm. these different countries that participate in the World Cup. Every two years, we say every four years, but it's every two years because the Women's World Cup is going on right now. That's right. That's right. Um, <laughs> so it, it is, is every not two promoted years. at all, really. And the U.S. women like are they rock World Cup soccer? Yeah, they extremely competitive. <laughs> yeah, they've won the thing before, right? So heck yeah, yes, we have more than once actually. Let's uh, if there's. If there's bribes or other types of corruption afoot in any enterprise, not just FIFA, but um, to me at least it makes the idea of the level playing field, pardon the pun, just a pipe dream. So please say something reassuring (laughs) to, to what have to be all of the honest people out there who follow the rules and behave ethically. Do... Do we have a chance in the world of business with things like this going on? Absolutely, and especially since we're talking about the world stage in this example. Uh, You know, in the United States, we're a little more limited than some other countries. But in other countries, they have multiple layers of governance authority that they can go to as individuals for support. Mm -hmm. They have their trade unions, they have their labor unions, as well as government bodies. In the United States, for the most part, we have the government and we have lawyers, our personal lawyers. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there are... There's more of that being created. We're seeing that here in the United States. More governance being um, emphasized after decades of deregulation. We're starting to see how that was a mistake. And mm-hmm. we always have to have at least a minimum amount of governance, no matter what the enterprise and what behavior we're engaging in. When yeah. it comes to FIFA in particular, it's huge for fans. We can't wait to see how this is going to pan out. Mm-hmm. No matter what, we know that the leadership of FIFA is going to be drastically different. We're just all, I think, collectively holding our breaths mm-hmm. to find out how that's going to be different. And even if it's a nominal improvement, like we have the same kind of governance structure, but we have different people in those positions, mm-hmm. We're still very hopeful and still very 
um, optimistic, cautiously optimistic, if you will, that there will be improvements in how FIFA has been run. It's difficult as fans, and speaking broadly, but I think I'm speaking pretty safely, Mm -hmm. when I say it's been difficult for us to see how it could be worse. That's, I I agree, and um, I don't mind saying I'm not a huge fan of soccer, but yeah, it's hard to imagine how how it could be any worse, and we will all be interested in in how this plays out. So, shifting gears, Ren, you have a presentation you're going to be giving here shortly. Uh, tell us about that. Sure, I'm going to be giving a presentation called Living La Vida Agile at the Rally On Conference in Phoenix, Arizona. It's being held between uh, June 15th and June 17th. I'm Mm -hmm. going to be presenting on June 15th, um, right before the kickoff, actually. And it's a lightning talk, so it'll be, it's quick, it's like five minutes, and it should be a lot of fun for me and everybody else watching it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll be making a recording and putting it on uh, the website. Yeah, I, I had a chance to preview the the presentation, and, and it's very clever. If you're not able to see Ren in person, as she says, a recording will be up at RenMelberg.com afterwards. And for those of you who listen on iTunes or one of the other um, podcasting services, you can not only see that presentation after it's done live, but you can mm-hmm. also contact Ren directly at her website, which is com. Another thing, Ren is more active on Twitter these days. Ren, what's your Twitter handle? It's at Ren Melberg. Easy to find. Very easy to find. And um, Mm -hmm. Ren tweets about the program and different issues that affect not just governance, but agile and safe and, like we talked about last week, Scrum. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks. And as always, we appreciate those of you in the audience. If you have questions for Ren, go to that website, like we said, renmelberg.com. And remember to come back next week for another edition of The Guardian Podcast with Ren Melberg.